going to go get myself a drink of some sort. Oh, good idea. Drinking is good for you. Especially, of, yes, of all the, yes, all the kinds. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to make hot chocolate. <laughs> that is a good thing to drink. Hey guys, here's what's coming up. Next week on February 14th, we will be talking about our favorite non-romantic relationships and books. Then, on February 21st, we have our Patreon pick episode, and this month, our patrons have chosen The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Don't forget to check out our Patreon. We have all sorts of cool perks available from our mini-series and monthly episode picking poll to bookmarks and books from our TBRs. Check out all the cool perks at patreon.com slash thebooklifepodcast. We hope you consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening in every week. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge thank you and shout out to our patrons, Ronnie, the Pirate Queen, and Sam and Megan. May your problems always be fictional. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Book Live Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, my best friend, Abby. Tonight, we're doing a book review, so if you guys don't remember how a book review works, first half is always spoiler-free, and the second half is not. So once you hear those commercials, you need to hit pause, read the book, and come back and finish the episode. Or if you're a daredevil and you think you can handle it, just listen on and... Hopefully we don't spoil it too much. Um, tonight we're going to talk about The Rosie Project by Graham Simsion, who is a, well, I'm going to start writing the fun facts, actually. He's an Australian author, and this book is set in Australia, which I highly enjoyed. Not that Australia is too different than the States, but there was some different slang in there. I think that's about it, actually. There was not, definitely not a huge cultural difference in reading the books. I totally didn't notice that it was set in Australia. It's set in <laughs> Melbourne. Oh, nope. Did not connect those dots. Well, obviously, Abby had no idea there was any significant cultural difference. I had noticed some slang and some jargon that was not American slang at all. And I'm pretty sure nothing. He might, he does probably like kilometers and, and centimeters mentioned in there versus, you know, oh wait, no. maybe they use the imperial system because they're from, I don't know. Can't tell you if there were stones or imperial, imperial or the metric system. I don't know. It was in Australia, Abby. Okay. I listened to the audiobook and I loved it because the narrator did a great job. So it's from the first person told by Don's point of view, who's the main character, an Australian accent the whole time. Yeah, I, I feel like the accent would give it away when you're yeah. doing the audiobook. I did the physical book, so pretty sure it mentions that he works at a university in Melbourne. Yeah, I wasn't remotely thinking about Australia. I was just like, oh, Melbourne, it's a city. <laughs> Probably not a United States city. Minor details. Mm-hmm. Um, the author was a former, former IT consultant, which is where he got the inspiration of Don to come from because I work in IT. I can testify that there are many awkward turtles in it who lack social grace and skills like don and finally as abby kindly put on here we finally looked up the actual way to pronounce his name just before this episode yes i opened up a site and i listened to it and then i wrote it out slightly phonetically because i'm not really actually good at phonetics so i can remember how to say it but hey we know how to say it correctly now so all the times that we've talked about it in previous episodes, we're saying it right now. Uh, I butchered it. <laughs> yes. My bad. 
Obviously, so obviously we talked about this book a few times on a few different of our listicles. It is a fantastic book. It is one of those books where for me, um, if someone's like, oh, I need a really great fiction. I'm like, oh, Man Called Uwe, um, Where'd You Go, Bernadette? And The Rosie Project. Obviously, though, guys, if you're Abby, don't ever suggest to her to read Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Because that was a, a mistake, but a learning experience. It was a learning experience for both of us. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. But yeah, this is definitely, I feel like, along the same lines. Kind of like um, Out of Order Una and Midnight Library and The Invisible Life of Adelie LaRue are all kind of magical realism. This is this is more situal. It's like a sitcom in a book. Like I've to me, I'm not sure if a man called Uve is, is kind of sitcommy, but definitely where'd you go, Bernadette? Is sitcommy and this is sitcommy. Like it's all situational comedy and it's hilarious and some romance. Mm-hmm. Not too much romance, just a little bit. The right amount. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you actually tell us the plot, Abby? Yes. Don Tillman, professor of genetics, has never been on a second date. He is a man who can count all his friends on the fingers of one hand, whose lifelong difficulty with social rituals has convinced him that he's simply not wired for romance. So, when an acquaintance informs him that he would make a wonderful husband, his first reaction is shock. Yet, he must concede to the statistical probability that there is someone for everyone, and he embarks upon the wife project. In the orderly, evidence-based manner in which he approaches all things, Don sets out to find the perfect partner. She will be punctual and logical, most definitely not a barmaid, a smoker, or a late arriver. Too bad Rosie Jarman is all those things. Mm, I love Rosie. Rosie is such a good female lead in this because she, I love Don. Don has so many quirks, but he's a good guy. Generally a good guy, just a little weird. Comes off kind of strong. And then there's Rosie. Rosie does not give an F. Rosie (laughs) does what Rosie wants. Rosie is the queen. We like Rosie. Rosie's great. They're two such polar opposite people. Mm-hmm. But they work so well together. Mm-hmm. So the characters we got, as I keep mentioning kindly, is Don Tillman, who's a professor of genetics. He's 39, going on 40. Not per se desperate to find himself a life mate, but he's kind of getting to the point where he's like, I kind of want a, a friend to settle down with in life. Pretty sure there was at one point he had a self-examination where he was like, do I want a guy friend or a girlfriend? Nope, I like girls. Okay, we're good. And it was just like... like, (laughs) I remember that. I'm like, that was the most random (laughs) internal dialogue ever. Like, just like the moment of pause. Oh, no, I like girls. Okay, (laughs) just to verify. You know, what did he actually... Which which way he goes. Um, Then there was... And then there's Rosie Jarman. She's a barmaid who smokes and drinks. Wow, what a great description, Abby. She's also a doctoral candidate um, at the university. So she's... Working part-time to get her way through school. She's beauty and brains all in one. There's Jean Barrow, Don's best friend, who is a professor of psychology at the university. There's Claudia Barrow, who is Jean's wife, and she is a psychiatrist. So while he teaches it, she uses it in real life. And there is Phil Jarman, which is Rosie's stepfather, who ends up being a central point in the novel because we examine a lot of his relationships with Rosie. There's Dean Professor um, Charlotte Lawrence, the head of the college where Jean and Don work at. Don't remember anything else about her. 
Not a thing. Um, and there's also Daphne Spindlewin, who is Don's neighbor, an elderly lady who has passed away by the beginning of the book. But Don also spends a lot of time reflecting about her and thinking about her. Because Don has a big heart, and we love Don because he's a giant softy. Mm-hmm. Just a teddy bear. You, oh, not, not, not even Abby's scary teddy bear. He is a literal teddy bear. Mm-hmm. I like teddy, uh, I'd like just regular teddy bears, too. They're awesome characters. Right. One of my favorite quotes in this book has to go, he's thinking about himself while he's like, I would like to find me a life mate. I am a perfect specimen. I am tall. I am fit. And I have a good job. Why does no one want to marry me? And then you just giggle because the whole book is just about him trying to. It's a, it's a book of self-discovery, really. Yeah, it is. Because he gets so he's been so stuck in his routine for so long that not that he doesn't enjoy learning new things. Because he'll pick up a book, read through the book, execute on it, practice and become a master of something. But he also just gets stuck doing the same thing over and over every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said you read the physical copy. Uh, any initial thoughts you'd like to share before we go into our spoiler half? Uh, so while we were reading ninth house, I read this beside it because ninth house is so dark. It is so dark. And I needed something that was the exact opposite because I, I don't do dark books generally. And so I needed something, I'd like read a couple chapters of Ninth House and then I'd be like, okay, I have to put this down. I need something happier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and The Rosie Project is what I read beside Ninth House because it's the exact opposite. <laughs> it is happy and light and fun. And I am so glad I actually bought it so that I own a copy. And is a worthy copy to be on a bookshelf? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah, I read this not last year, but let's see. So what year are we in now? This is 2022. I think I read this in 2020 is when I last read it. Pretty sure I did not read it in 2021. No, no, no. I no. Yeah, but it was 2020, maybe 2020, 19. Because uh, I definitely listened to this while I was still working at Girl Scouts. Because I listened to this in the car. Mm-hmm. So it, this is definitely last time I worked at Girl Scouts was June 2020. So sometime before the pandemic when I was still driving around. So sometime before March 2020 is when I last read this book. Okay. That sounds about right. All right, guys. So we're going to take a break. We're going to actually deep dive into some of these characters. And we'll talk to you in a minute. Talk to you in a minute, guys. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm Barbara. And I'm Lauren. We are the hosts of Badass Literature Society, a book review podcast where we take book recommendations from listeners like you, read them, and then discuss them on our show. Join us once a month as we dive into the books you picked and talk about them. And don't miss our bonus episodes covering all sorts of random bookish topics that come out in between reviews. Don't worry, if you want to read one of the books, the first part of each episode is designated spoiler-free, so you can listen and see if you'd like to read it, and then come back and listen to the rest later. You can find Badass Literature Society on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and anywhere else you like to listen. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, guys. And remember, this half is spoilers. So if you haven't read The Rosie Project, we highly suggest that you pause right here and go read it because we love it and we're about to deep dive into it. So 
we're going to start with favorite characters. What you got, Mo? Well, I'm not like, so this isn't a super duper, super duper, wow, um, heavy character book. This is more very focused on Don. And I love Don. Don is a wonderful protagonist. He is freaking hilarious. Like, unintentionally. And he even tells himself he's unintentionally hilarious. He's like, why are they laughing at me? And then he goes back and talks to his friends. He's like, I miss the social cue. My bad. And then you have to giggle at it. And there's just so much about Don where I just want to be his friend. You know, like the whole book, I'm thinking like, I, I know quirky people. I know weird people. I would be okay with him being a friend. And I just like, my heart reached out to him a lot through that book. Yeah. Well, it- I agree. Don is like such an absolute awesome character because you see throughout the book, like he's hilarious. His inner dialogue is hilarious and he's, he's fun to follow, but he's also so sweet. He's thoughtful. Mm -hmm. Like once he knows a person and they're important to him, he remembers things about them Mm -hmm. and acts on those things. It just like, like with Daphne, he brought her Daphne flowers, which is just like the cutest, sweetest thing. Cause it's not, cause I mean, she was an older lady. It's not like he was trying to romance her or something. He was just being nice. Mm-hmm. And that's genuinely just how he is. He's a wonderful character. And I love that about him. He's just generally a nice guy and people need to give him some more credit. Even though he's an awkward turtle. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the awkward turtles make the best friends. That is a true statement. And the other person was Rosie. I loved Rosie. Love that she well, was working her way through college, really trying to get shit done. Takes no shit from anyone. Man, one of my favorite female characters, probably, if I was going to go through female characters in fiction books who are, doesn't have any um, superpowers or magic. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of Mercy um, from the Mercy Thompson series by Patricia Briggs. Yeah. But without the powers. Yeah. She'd be better with powers. Actually, she might be too scared with powers. She'd be so scary with powers. Maybe she shouldn't have powers, actually. <laughs> oh, I loved Rosie, too. I love how she's a 180 in literally everything from Don. Like, they are polar opposites on literally every front you could think of, but they work so well together, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I love that she is outspoken. She stands up for herself. She's just, I don't know if I'd be friends with her if she was a real person, but she would be one of those people that I'd look at and go, I wish I was cool enough to be your friend. (laughs) You know? Yeah, I can get that. Because like, I don't smoke. I don't really drink to excess. So we wouldn't have a ton in common because I also have no interest in her field of study. Yeah, what was she studying? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I just remember that it held no interest for me. Wait, no, I think she's studying psychology because I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Um, Jean. Jean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's studying psychology, but I'm also like, eh, I wouldn't really have anything to talk to her about that. Right. So I feel like we might be okay acquaintances, but we'd never really end up being friends because we just don't have anything in common. Mm-hmm. and that's okay she'd be one of those people that'd be like man you're cool to know so obviously I had Don and Rosie but I also had Claudia <sighs> okay 
We'll talk about this later. I don't like Jean, but Claudia was such a good friend to Don. And I'm like, Claudia, maybe you shouldn't be married to Jean, just saying. But it's your choice. Claudia deserves so much better than Jean. Mm-hmm. Like, so much better than Jean. Oh, <sighs> like, infinitely better than Jean. Their marriage makes me angry. And it's not even her. It makes me, well, I don't know. She, they're, they're, Their marriage makes me angry. Jean makes me angry. Claudia deserves better. And that's why I get angry about their marriage. That's true. I was like, I'm like, Claudia, you have so much power in life. Take control. Take care of this. Right? Friends. She's so cool. She's got it together and she's smart. She knows what she's doing. And then she's with Jean. So that's her one downfall is that she's with Jean. Other than that, I love her character because she's she's really nice to Don. Mm-hmm. She's a genuinely good friend to him. And just, I love her. I know. I also really love Daphne. I know she has a really small part in this, but I loved Don's memories of her and just like the fact that she was a good friend to him I don't know her whole story just made me happy I agree with that so yeah I see we put the same person for a least favorite character <laughs> I mean hands down Abby Jean is just an awful human being so Jean is a professor of psychology in one of his fields of study fields of study feel i'm so loose so many sarcasm so many quotations loose is to have sex with multiple women of different nationalities and to compare the experiences to each yeah he's literally trying to sleep with a woman from every country in the world and if that doesn't scream sleaze bag i don't know what does everything screams the sleaze bag of sleaze bag from that yeah. He is a um what do you even call it? A running joke in the department. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel my take on it was that saying he's trying to sleep with a woman from every country like to study the sexual encounter is really just a way for him to continue being a manho. I mean, all right? Cuz at one point he hooks up with a lady from a country that Don's like, oh, he was already with somebody else from that same country or something. So I really think it's just an excuse to sleep around. It is. I think that's all it was, at least to me. I was like, you are just a douche. Yup. Do not like him. Nope. No like. Never, never. Again, Claudia deserves so much better. Yes. That's it, guys. There's no one else in the book that sucks. It's Jean. Jean. Jean could is the. Wow, I don't. I'm just saying really bad words. I don't want to say. We don't like Jean. Jean sucks. Team no Jean. The end. Everybody else in this book is fantastic. Jean sucks. Right. <laughs> Let's move on to favorite scenes. <laughs> sure. Um. Gosh. I knew I liked this book. When Don starts making a 16-page questionnaire and starts having ridiculous questions like, how often do you like to eat kidneys? The acceptable answer is occasionally. Like, what the, like, like, really? Like, okay, I'm sorry, I don't eat kidneys at all, so my cancer is never. Like, it's such a terrible idea that it's great. And then when he ends up have I think lunch or dinner with Rosie and he's going and like Rosie thinks that they're 
she's trying to ask him about the comparison between the size of a guy's testicles and something else. I cannot remember what it was about discussion for her research. And he thinks that she's there to go through his questionnaire with him as a um, potential mate candidate. Mm-hmm. So like wires crossed there and Rosie fails epically. She got it like a zero on that test because she's not punctual. She smokes. She does not eat well. None of the things that Don wanted in a mate that he thought would be acceptable to having a mate. Mm-hmm. And then basically they end up going on a venture together as friends to help find her dad, her real dad, not her stepdad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hilarity ensues. And then I also love Don's routines. Don is a man of routine. So like my grandpa, my grandpa, my, my mom's dad is a retired military police officer, et cetera, et cetera. And Grandpa Don always got up at 5.30 in the morning, always went to bed at 9 o'clock, always took a nap at 1 o'clock. Grandpa Don was a man of routine. So this Don reminds me of my Grandpa Don completely. But this Don's routines, like the meal routines, where he knows precisely how much to buy of the protein and how much to get of the spices and what kind of wine goes with this dish and you, and you eat it on the same days and never have leftovers. So no deviation. And he has his optimal seven day meal plan for optimal nutrients and wine. So mm-hmm. that just absolutely baffled me. Like maybe like in a lot of cultures, food is supposed to be enjoyed, but you, if you have this seven day meal plan that you're constantly repeating week after week after week, for years on end it's like how are you not bored (laughs) he doesn't ever seem to get bored of it that's the part about it you know i know and i like i kind of get that because like there's some foods i could eat pretty much every day and never get bored of them Mm -hmm. but they don't constitute his entire meals (laughs) no it's like not having leftovers ever that is such a foreign concept to me (laughs) Oh, I was going to eat leftovers tonight, but I forgot to make it. I made tacos tonight instead. Maybe I'll eat, maybe, maybe on Friday. That's what, that'll be my lunch. Anyway, yeah. I know, right? Yeah. And then lastly, so I feel like they're not really favorite scenes, but like the scene, everything I'm talking about is very anecdotal. I don't know how to say it. It's just anecdotal. Anecdotal to the whole, to just Don in general. So, when Don wants to learn a new skill, Don goes and gets a book. Don reads that book. Don figures out if he needs to go get classes, like for, I think he's a Taekwondo expert, like a black belt. Mm-hmm. He goes and does it. Or when you want to learn ballroom dancing, he figures it out. When you, this part, need, need to learn sex moves, you read the book and practice with the skeleton and you figure it out. <laughs> Don will figure it out. And I love how he needs to learn cocktail mixing to infiltrate something to get to get samples from one of the guys that he thinks is Rosie's father. So he learns cocktail mixing so he can get a drink to get his DNA to run against hers. I love that he's the sort of brilliant person who can literally read a book about a subject and basically memorize it and become a master of that. Uh-huh. I find it hilarious. 
Because I mean, I know there are people that have that skill and that blows my mind. I know. Oh yeah, those are my favorite scenes because this book is, I love it. This book is such a good exploration of Dawn's mind. It's hilarious. It's so good. Um, what about for you? Well, I know you had trouble picking scenes. I had real trouble picking scenes as well. I really just want to say like the entire book is my favorite scene because everything is so good. And it's so good. All the scenes. I love all of the things that you mentioned, obviously. I love the scene of Daphne that's brought up. It's just, it's this really sweet memory that he's reminiscing on and you get to meet Daphne and I love Daphne. It's just so, it's so sweet. And then you find out that she's passed away and that made me sad, but like in a bittersweet way, I just, I love Dawn and Daphne together. Such a good friendship. Well, and it's like you said, like even with freaking Jean, you know, Dawn is so good. Jean takes advantage of Dawn. I want to slap Jean. Yes. Dawn is so good to him. Because he remembers the most random crap about him and their kids. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Don Don is such a good like uncle figure for Jean's kids. Right. I love Don. I know. I hate Jean. That is the summary of the episode, everyone. Well done. <laughs> the Rosie Project, a review by Mo and Abby. <laughs> We're keeping it short and sweet this week, guys. Yep. So I really loved all of Don and Rosie's interactions because you never know what's going to happen because Don is so set in his ways and set in his routines and Rosie is just so off the rails in comparison. So you never know what mood he's going to catch her in. You never know what he's going to say that's going to set her off. It's just like when they work together, it's phenomenal. And when he sets her off, it's hilarious. Yes. I really love the scene where he's having to make all those cocktails that he learned about and how he's like being super impressive at the party (laughs) and like everybody loves him and he's making all these weird drinks and they're trying to stump him this is literally his first night ever actually making cocktails for anyone (laughs) and he has them all freaking memorized and everyone and i love how rosie's like who is this person how does he know all this and then eventually she's like I can't keep up with him. Crap. <laughs> oh, man. That just cracked me up. And it's so well done. And it definitely showed how well Don and Rosie can work together. Because that's one of the early scenes where mm-hmm. the, that really shows them working together. And so, like, it was just awesome. It showed off their dynamic. It showed off Don's skills. Oh, yeah. That was great. That was good. Yeah, just the whole book, guys. The whole book is fantastic. We don't Don, like Jean. Yes. Don is a much better friend yep. to Jean than Jean is to him. Jean takes advantage of him because Jean is terrible. Jean is a human dumpster, dumpster fire. <laughs> All right. Uh, least favorite scene. I already mentioned it. And I feel kind of bad saying it again, but I guess I will just reiterate it. Uh, Jean. Scenes that involve Gene, scenes that involve Gene and his sexual encounters that he brags about. Mm-hmm. How sleazy can we get? Very. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gene and his conquest is just like anytime it's brought up, it's terrible. 
Yeah. But besides Gene, I don't like how lonely Don is. Like, he's content, but he's not happy. He's just content. He's just living and moving through life at the beginning of the book. And I feel like he... He knows himself, but he doesn't understand himself, you know, mm-hmm. like he knows he works best in routine. He knows he doesn't like to deviate from routine, but he doesn't know why, you know, he talks about his controlling. He's afraid of his anger, afraid of losing control. And he's all about rolling his what's around him in himself. So he doesn't lose that. So like, there's a scene where he gets upset with Rosie and they're at a restaurant and I think he just ends up running like to burn off the energy because he's so upset mm-hmm. and like seeing that flip side, you know, you're going from these really funny, hilarious encounters to these serious moments of, you know, you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Kind of instances where even though Gene keeps saying, even though Gene basically tricks Don to go speak at a, symposium for autism Mm -hmm. because he's like you have classic symptoms of autism but she doesn't tell him or anything as far as i remember like jesus is a scholar of psychiatry i mean claudia is too for his fact they should have told him like hey dude like you act like this because of this and it's not a flaw it's your it makes you who you are so you don't need to feel, fear yourself, you know? Yeah, I feel like they didn't tell him because they expected him to connect the dots. And I don't think that was fair of them to do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it might have been an awkward conversation, but at the same time, considering what an awkward turtle he already is, I'm not sure what would have been overly awkward by his standards. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know reminds me very much of one of my family members who uh, essentially never got like any of the therapies available today any of the you know multiple things available to somebody um, who's autistic and he's great like he's perfectly functional and everything but I can definitely tell like the stuff I see in his son I see in him (laughs) I'm like there's your carbon copy right there you know Mm-hmm. he learned to cope like um don did and he coped without yeah all the tools there are but you know it makes me wonder like did he go through life masking a lot and hiding who he was and you know does he have any hidden things that aren't being dealt with so yeah. a lot of reminding stuff to me a lot of connections um and the last thing for me again going back to don how lonely he is the one person that truly understood him was his sister and she passed away from cancer. Mm-hmm. That made me so sad. So all he has left is with Jean as his best friend. I know. I was like, man, Daphne and his sister have passed away. And so he's left with Jean. And I mean, there's Claudia. God bless her. Yes. Or she's there's got Claudia. Light. <sighs> yeah. That bummed me out too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so besides Don's sister's death and Jean and his conquest, the other thing that I did not like was Jean and Claudia's marriage and finding out, okay, so their setup is that like they don't have to be monogamous. 
I guess is my, was my understanding. Right. That's what, that's what Jean always said. Okay. So that's what Jean always says. And come to find out Claudia is not okay with that arrangement or isn't okay with it anymore. And she wants to be in a monogamous Mm -hmm. relationship with him. (sighs) That just, it hurt me. (laughs) She deserves so much better than Jean. Mm -hmm. And I get, I get wanting to save your marriage, but at the same time, good Lord. (laughs) I know. I hated it. Claudia deserved better. And I hated finding out that like, because it's never really clear if she was ever okay with Don, with Jean sleeping around. Because we never get, we never actually get her perspective on it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But the fact that Don picks up on it before Mm -hmm. Jean does is just pathetic because you know don's the awkward turtle in social situations and he figures out that claudia doesn't want gene to be sleeping around anymore before gene does like so frustrating yep yes so yeah that's all i had there is not much to dislike in this book there really isn't it's a great book it was well written it's fast paced it is definitely i mean it's fast and it's not very deep. Um, though there are deep parts to it, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, this for me. So jumping into my final thoughts is that this is a five star book for me. This is one I would happily listen to again or read. It is a solid recommendation. People ask me for a fiction read. I'm like, why? Yes, I do have some good reads up my sleeve. Would you like the Rosie Project? sure i would recommend the second book to many people unless you really really love the first book you want to know how the relationship goes mm-hmm. but man don is heartwarming and lovable and a goofball and i love i love him as a character i want to share him with the world he's like uve you know yes yeah. for sure but you know not a grumpy old man <laughs> yeah. yeah this is a five-star book hands down for me it's heartwarming. It's sweet. It's hilarious. It just it left me with all the warm fuzzies when I got done with it. And I went, yes, I love you. I'm so glad I read you. Like, it's just one of those books I kind of hugged when I got done with it. Mm-hmm. You know, because like, it just made me that happy. I hugged it. Uh, I love it. Mm-hmm. So yes, highly recommend. I recommend this any chance I get. And I'm very glad I read it. I'm glad. I think this was a Mo recommendation. It was a Mo recommendation. I love when Mo does a good job on a Mo recommendation. Let me tell you, <laughs> it's wonderful. Because we were reading Ninth House and I went, Mo, I need something light and happy to read beside this. I can't do it otherwise. I love Ninth House. I am so sorry that that book was too dark for you. It's okay. I am finding my own limits in this journey. I have discovered that. Like I thought I knew most of my limits. I'm finding new ones and that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, it's not a bad thing. Self-discovery. Just growing. Grow, always forever growing and learning is the epitome of life. Yep. Well, everyone, that is what Mo and Abby have for tonight. We hope everyone has a fantastic evening. And we can't wait to talk to you next week. Thanks. We'll talk to you next week, guys. Bye. If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or review on the app you use. Or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. 
You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks like access to our miniseries, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.